follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Hello and welcome to That Was The News That Was, a weekly look at current affairs, the news and life in general. Aimed at a more mature audience, our team will discuss, grumble and inevitably complain about what is important in the world this week. And the team as this week are Ian Price. I'm the big DJ. <laughs> and Mark L. Pop. I am the god of hellfire and I bring you fire. <laughs> and of course, not forgetting the lovely delectable Sheila. There you go. Go on, girl. <laughs> yes, go on, girl. My name is Keith Graham for my sins, and I've forgotten to press my button. There you go, never mind. Um, so, right, panellists, we know the rules, we know the sounds, the horn, and that sort of thing. So, uh, who's going to start this week? And the Wheel of Fortune has fallen on Sheila. Ah, well, since we last met, I want to tell you about somebody. Um, so it's a, it's a young ginger-haired man who was um, ex-services. Um, he's from a broken home, and unfortunately his mum's died. And uh, he's, he's been living on this, this estate for a while. Anyway, he's found the love of his life, and his community aren't particularly happy about it. So unfortunately, um, he's been getting a bit of threats on the village, in, in, in his community, and he's going, do you know what? I don't feel safe. Um, I don't feel safe bringing up my family here. My wife's is not from this estate. And uh, we're getting a bit of a hard time. So I'll tell you what, why don't we go back to my wife's estate? Because maybe they'll accept us a little bit easier, a little bit better. And maybe have a better life, you know, get away from the father and that kind of stuff. So he's legged it. And uh, apparently that's causing a furore in the UK. On the what am I getting wrong? On the estate, yeah. What am I getting wrong? Is it? Is it? Would it be a ferrora that is going on? That's a good word, isn't it? Oh, a ferrora. Yes. Uh, may, may I ask uh, the name of this this couple? Um, Windsor, Mr. And Mrs. Windsor, I think. Ah, mm -hmm. ah. I thought it would have been Hewitt. Oops. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to tell us uh, about you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Mr. and Mrs. Windsor then, You're the younger. Well, the, I mean, my understanding, he came out of the services and he was looking for something to do. I mean, he was brought up, you know, his mum brought him up like, you don't take things for granted and you go out and you do some work. I happen to have met him when his oh. mum, well, no, his mum put him on some work experience up at Chatsworth House Farm Shop. And him and his big brother had to go and do some work experience in the community. And he was pleasant enough. And uh, he has a bit of his family has a bit of tradition of going into the services after that. So he wanted to go into the services, but apparently he wasn't necessarily allowed to go on frontline duty. But, you know, he, you know, I want to be treated like everybody else, which I think is the bottom line to all of this. He wants to be treated like everybody else. And I think somebody says, OK, if that's what you want, this is going to happen. Can I just say, you're saying that he wants to be treated like everyone else. Personally, I'd like to be treated like the royals. But there again, that's not going to happen, is it? Um, <laughs> what does Mark think about this? He's staying very quiet. I am staying very quiet, aren't I? 
Um, big headline, uh, rich bloke marries girl that uh, family doesn't think she's good enough for him. Wow. Happens every day, every day. You know, it's not exactly front page news. I want to be treated like everybody else. Tough shit, you can't. You're a member of the royal family. You're not everybody else. Yeah, you didn't get that choice to start with, so suck it up. No. If I can just correct myself, it was... Um, he wanted to do frontline um, work, so he actually had to kick off a fuss to actually go out and work in, um, in active war zones, in theatres of war. So that's what I meant by treated by, by, by himself in that yeah, instance. Which is fair enough. Okay, so if we did that, if we were frontline and we got killed, there'd be very little consequence apart from within the immediate family. But as far as the um, the royal succession is concerned, it, it makes quite a difference as to whether you well, put it, your prince under or not. It doesn't, because he's the spare anyway, isn't he? I mean, he's never going to be king. Yeah, but it will be the same decision for anybody else doing the same thing. I mean, thing. come so on, that's let's where face it, dad's not even going to be king. <laughs> it's true. Is he, like, fifth in line now? Um, at least either way, yeah, at least, yeah, down the pecking order. And talk about having to sell newspapers. Talking about, um, talking about these people who, who are fifth in line, um, his wife, what a strange name she would have. Queen, Queen I've forgotten her name now. <laughs> that might be Megan, <laughs> yes, that's right, Queen Megan of England or whatever. That, I don't know, that's. That's a bit namist. Namist. Oh, yeah, she'd be very namist. Very namist. They do get chosen a bit better than that, don't they, normally? You see, I can't help but think about the last time a member of the royal family married an American divorcee. Mm. I mean, that all turned out fine, didn't it? Yeah, they just buggered off. And um, we don't know what arguments there were in-house, and I don't know who paid for their security, if anybody. But perhaps they didn't do it then. I don't know. But it's not new, certainly. And what I want to know is, uh, we've seen this good couple off this... um, housing estate, uh, interviewed on TV. And um, I'm amazed that they were interviewed by, everybody thought it was Oprah Winfrey, but apparently it was Ian Wright with a wig on. Now that, that stunned me, that's bigger news than anything else that's going on. <laughs> and not only that, let me just throw in one more thing and add to uh, Sheila's wonderful little comments here, and that is that anything that <laughs> Meghan and um, Harry have done over the, when we've paid for as taxpayers over the years, has been well worth every penny because they've now managed to get rid of Piers Morgan off the breakfast TV here in the UK, which is massive. That's that's got that's got to be the height of their success so far to this very day. Yes, it was great. I I actually covered it on my other radio station, which is available, um, and and Marks is today as well later on, uh, which is tomorrow, so to speak. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. It was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Other it day, will be yes, it will be yesterday by the time this comes out. More than likely, but no, it's um, it's. I don't know. I'm I'm of mixed opinions. I, I mean, one, do do we need the royal family? What would we replace them with? Would we need to replace them with anything, um, or could it just be King Mark or or King Keith or you know? Let's take it in turns, guys. You are six hundred and fifty-five million down the line. Well, perhaps not that many. Not that many in the UK. Um, you are 65 million down the line, uh, so hang around, and one day, you too, my son, will be king. It's all about patience. No, no, kings, not patience. Patience for people in hospitals. Oh, well, some people... Unless you're paying patience. Unless you're paying patience. Never thought of that. Never thought of that at all. Our current duke <laughs> is a patient. Is he, is he a patient or is he a duke? I mean, you know... He's a, he's a, he's a patient uh, in hospital. Can I just... 
What did I just say? They're making all this fuss about him. Okay, I appreciate he's 999,000 years old. He's been in hospital for, for a serious complaint. He's had an operation. I too have had the same operation. And look at me. Perfect life and perfect person and handsome to boot. Um, and not 99, I hastily add, before Mark says anything I can tell in his eyes. He's going to say something about age because he's that sort of person. <laughs> no. You can't even remember being 99. It's that long ago. <laughs> See, oh, did say something. <laughs> so, you know, he hasn't had a serious operation. He's had a stent put in. Somebody's shoved a needle in his arm. It's gone all the way around to his chest. And I'll be honest with you, it tickles. It does me because I'm Superman and I don't feel pain. Over to you, Ian. <laughs> wow. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> it happens to be in my arse, but nevertheless. Oh, <laughs> anything else? Every egg a bird. Um, yes, that was, it's a fair point, that is, uh, Sheila. The, um... Hang on, hang oh. on. I just made a great big point and you totally ignored it. You just said, go on, Sheila, that was great, that was. Nothing Have about... you noticed how Keith is turning into me today? <laughs> doing his best, isn't he? <laughs> Yes, furthermore, I shall start banging on the desk in a moment. That would deafen everybody if I did that. So I shall just bang on Mark's face like that. <laughs> carry on. Carry on. No, you've, you've got noises to make, probably. Right, okay, there's one. There's another one. And, ow, that hurt. Stronger than I thought. Carry on. Who's doing next? Or I'll be finished with this hyperbole. Hyperbole. So I was going to say that uh, we, we tried to get rid of Piers Morgan's once before. We um, sent him over to America, one of our penal colonies, and they sent him back. So that just leaves Australia now for him. Did you just say a penal colony? Which is <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> and we will find out later on. And no doubt when Ian is, because he's doing the editing today, uh, he will send us all a message and say, yes, she did, she did, she did. And we'll put it on the post when we post it. Penal Connolly. <laughs> is there any chance of um, uh, Harry and Meghan being sent back the same as Piers Morgan was? That's a bit weird. Sent back? Requested sent back. back? Well, we didn't request Piers Morgan back. They just sent him without even bloody asking our permission. So I don't know whether they can do that with um, the uh, happy couple. I don't. I don't think they even paid the postage with Piers Morgan. I think they just sent him back. Pay <laughs> for yourself. Go on. Go Re on. You. Readdress the envelope and stuck him in a box. <laughs> that's a. Hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, just stick him in the box. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mark's been very quiet today. Oh, don't. I'd like to stick cage. Piers Morgan in a box. Mm. <laughs> Sooner the better. Other, other Piers Preferably Morgan. one that's six feet under the ground and covered with soil. <laughs> oh, oh, that's really horrible. Oh, that's horrible. And accurate. And Probably. you're surprised it's me? No. But isn't it interesting? We're talking about it, and that's all he wants. He wants you to talk about it. I think he's a professional antagonist. Yeah, definitely. When he talks about um, freedom of speech, but he couldn't manage the other person's freedom of speech in the studio the other day, so he walked out. That's, that's... He's had a few issues in his own time as well about... Um, um, race and mental illness and all sorts of things so he's not exactly the best erudite speaker when it comes to that he does speak his own mind and that's it but unfortunately it's as bad as everybody else's so you can hardly complain about people when they've got a strong opinion yeah but i can complain if they put him in front of the camera yes and i am i am and i'm voting with my feet by actually not watching us i've not watched a single moment of that television program 
Well, not one... an iota. I ha I had to, and uh, because I reported on it on that radio station that I cannot mention the name of Moreland Radio, uh, between one and four o'clock weekdays. Thank you very much. You, so, you... Mark, it's your turn to say something. You've got. What's happening with you this afternoon, Mark? Me, me. Um, yes. I, I'm filling in on Filed Coast Radio this afternoon for uh, someone who uh, can't do the show. Um, and uh, basically, I, I talked to the uh, to the management uh, down at Fire Coast Radio and say, "Look, I'm living in Blackpool now. Now you see, they don't know me, so I thought at least I've got an advantage here." So I went on down and I, you know, had a chat with them, and they said, "Right, uh, what you've got to bear in mind is that during the day, you know, we have listeners who are." not necessarily authorities on music, you know, like for, for in the evening, so especially shows. Um, so, um, you know, try not to frighten them off. Try not to scare the listeners. I think basically what they were saying is don't go in and play three hours of Van de Graaff Generator. So it's uh, more... It's more they, uh... No, they said I can play whatever I want, just not three hours of Van de Graaff Generator. <laughs> so two hours... Uh, no, oh, they they did say yeah, no no sort of obscure blues from the nineteen twenties. Uh, you know, play some blues, but play something that people might know. And I think hey, might hey, know. Right. What does that mean? <laughs> can can I say something? No. Well, I'm going yeah. to go on then. Have you thought of putting the birdie song on? Uh, no. Black well, lace. I would consider, yeah, Black Lace would be good. Black Lace? Always there good. will be no crap. I might play some Osmonds, though. There is oh. definite, there's a definite possibility that I might play Down by the Lazy River. No, by the go Osmonds. on. Crazy Horses, or come even on, man. Crazy Horses, but Down by the Lazy River. Don't knock it. It's a great track. It's a track as well while you're at it. Can yeah. I say that Crazy Horses, I was brought up, you know, thinking that David Cassidy, uh, Starsky and Hutch and the Osmonds were fantastic. And then I heard Crazy Horses and that's when I got into rock. A heavy metal track, yeah? Yeah, it, it, it is a metal track. Pure metal. So um, Osmonds is a gateway band, that's all I'm saying. It does lead to heavier things, yes. <laughs> I might even play Deep Purple by Donny and Marie and then play a Deep Purple track. Oh, we're talking linkage. That's not bad. Uh, well, I actually I have got a couple of links in this afternoon's show. It's funny you should mention that. Um, so, yes. So. That's a good Does idea. Does that count as my bit now? Yeah. <laughs> and can you spell that radio station? Because your accent was too hard. Just how do you spell the radio station again? Ooh, accent too hard. Ooh, get you. Accent too said, hard. Well, no, you said Filey Coach is what I heard. That's Filed right. Coast, F Y L D E, Filed Coast Radio. I stand corrected. Or just the, fi the Filed is the region in which Blackpool is located. Uh, the problem is, is Sheila, that um, he's on at the same time as I am, and you're one of my big listeners, so you can't listen to him. Yeah, but why would she want to listen to you when she can listen to me? I mean, come on. I mean, you know, even you know the answer to that, Keith. <laughs> Let me count the ways. <laughs> ah, well done, Graham. <laughs> Graham. Love it. Yeah, yeah somebody, somebody keeps on referring to me as Graham. I don't know, it's Keith Graham. 
Uh, I it doesn't bother me to be honest. It should, man. It should. <laughs> you're on radio <laughs> with two names, and he can't get the, the first one, and he well, follows yeah. your show. Yeah, but he did the other day. Yeah, but it isn't all the time. Keith and then the following. Well, it's, it's, it's varieties of spice of life. You see, what happens is people listen to that. They think, oh, it's changed. So if they didn't like me the day before, they think, oh, well, we'll listen to this other bloke. That happens quite often, actually. That's a bit people, of a, a weird you know, way. You know, that's a weird way of looking at it. Well, I'm a weird person. <laughs> I must be. I'm mixing with you lot for a start. Well, I mean, you started it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, don't tell me I started it. I'll come over there in a minute. I'll stop <laughs> over there in sunny Fenton. Oh, is this another mayhem edition again? <laughs> it sounds that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. Shall we? Shall I we... once took some photos of Fenton Town Hall. Did you? <laughs> I did. Just around the corner from me. I like Fenton Town Hall. Nice building. I oh, took wait. him. I... Courthouse. Yeah, I took him there. He was appearing there. Yeah, in the court, I oh, yeah, you yeah. weren't supposed to. You weren't supposed to mention that that appearance. That was that was an off the books appearance. You, you didn't get paid much, did you? Really, that time? It cost him actually. Yeah. Took a lot of good photographs. We covered all. We covered all over. We did Burslem, didn't we as well? We did Burslem. Uh, yes. Yeah, and Fenton. Uh, sunny Burslem. Yes, yeah. Such I a think sunny Ian, place. I think Ian's trying to attract your attention. No, it's not. Not at all. I'm not an attention seeker at all. Uh-huh. So, so, dear listener, um, could somebody explain what uh, Ian's got on his head? I can't even begin to explain what he's got on his head. It's is he doing no his normal wig? I don't, I don't know if it's his normal wig. How can uh, that be a wig? It's red and spotty. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> So not yeah. anky, for God's sake. Fifth I think he's style. doing an homage to a, an American prosecutor or defendant lawyer. Really? Uh, three weeks ago, I'm 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 going to show you something in a moment. I have very bushy hair. Oh no, I don't want to see that. Put your clothes back on. And <laughs> I have very bushy hair, and at the moment, of course, it is it is particularly bushy. Um, and so there's something that I have to do every morning, and I'm not doing it this morning. But whilst someone else talks, sorry, my audio went out for a bit. I think I might have missed a bit of the conversation there. What we're we talking about again? It's very bushy. My hair, my hair. Oh, that hair! I'm I whilst 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 Ian has to go because I think if I press the roulette wheel, oh yes, yes. The wheel of fortune says it is Ian's turn. So whilst he's doing his thing, I should go away and I should do something and I should come back and I should say I, how devastatingly handsome I look with my new headgear. Well, and just also, be careful with that razor. Hmm. And so, the, the quiz will. Oh, sorry. Play the music. Right, but what play what music? Sorry, not the music, the sound effect. I beg your pardon. Oh, doing this. I'm the big no DJ. <laughs> what what music? Not the not music. Play, play what? Rule rule that wheel. I done it. No, nobody heard it. I did. I did. Yeah. Sorry, I was speaking over it. Then I do beg your pardon. <clears throat> yes, you were actually. Look, it says Ian again. So, okay. off you so it's still me. That's, that's very lucky, though, it's definitely. Okay, you're going to sort yourself out with your image, although this is obviously great for the radio listeners, but nevertheless, it'll no, entertain. No, everybody will be entertained by the entertainment that I, I cause when I come back. <laughs> Take your headphones off, for God's sake. Oh, that was close. Um, but yeah, well, I've got either a serious one or um, um, a not-so-serious one. I'm doing the not-so-serious one because um, 
the Megan story was obviously extremely serious. Uh, but this particular one concerns itself with micro pigs, which um, <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for quite a while now, micro pigs have been a popular little accessory to um, a lot of people, mainly rich people who've got no sense. They're the ones that used to buy chihuahuas and stick them in handbags. And um, nowadays, micro pigs are more popular. They've been for a while. And um, they, uh, it always fascinates me that because they are tiny little things and they're meant to be tiny all the time. They never grow bigger than a dog, a small dog. Um, hence the name. Hence the micro or miniature or, or whatever they call them these days. And uh, there's a lot of breeding of these items going on. There's a lot of sales. You can go anywhere on um, news now and places like that and, and see these dogs for sale. Oh, excuse me, just one second. But Nile Rogers has just joined us on the uh, on the in the studio. <laughs> or is it Stevie Wonder? I'm not, not sure, to be honest. But Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder. <clears throat> I can't see how he did that. Um, <laughs> this is going to have to be a video uh, cast one day, not just an audio one. Um, yeah, so these these um, micro pigs are popular, but and they are worth a fortune. And a lot of money is exchanged, and therefore, in any transaction where money is exchanged and things are valuable, there are scammers. So there's still news reports going around. There's still pictures on YouTube of people who bought a dead, really cute micro pig for about 80 quid, and then six months later, they've got a massive pig because all it was was a piglet, not a miniature one. So there's all sorts of adverts saying that. In fact, I saw one this morning. I bought this micro pig for our autistic son. And he thought it was really cute. But months later, and there it is sitting in the backyard, massively leaning against the wall. Can anybody give it a good home, like a farm or wherever? So if not, we'll just have breakfasts with bacon for the next six months thereabouts. But, uh, and, uh, and looking into that, because it's connected to the uh, Chihuahua um, trend amongst um, wags and all sorts of famous people, uh, you can also find places, because uh, they carry them around in a Gucci bag, these little dogs, probably little pigs as well. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still watching the screen and I shouldn't do that because things are going on in uh, in our chairman's office that uh, would amuse. Um, but there's also, with these chihuahuas and, and pigs being in Gucci bags on the shoulders of these famous people, um, when these little dogs get excited or need to do anything, nine times out of ten, they do it in the Gucci bag. So whether these Gucci bags come ready lined with a black bin liner, and they, they throw the bin line away afterwards in the hedge, like is what we see over in this country, where they end up in the hedge rather than the bin or taken home. Um, maybe that's it. But uh, anyway, back to our chairman. Yes. All right. Now then, talking about these doggy bags, I, I am beginning to sound like Mark. There's obviously something I've had. There's something in the water or something. But people who who actually put their doggy poo into a doggy bag and hang it on a bleeding tree... They should be. They, what they should do is, they, if they see somebody do that, they should grab. In fact, I'll appoint Mark to do this because I bet he'd love to do this. They should grab the person, pin them to the floor, and empty all the doggy bags into their mouths. They wouldn't do it again. I'm quite. I'm not entirely sure why you're trying to be me today, but it's it's very amusing. You yeah. didn't use the word successful, there, did you? <laughs> I didn't use the word successful. No, but it is amusing. <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> right, carry, carry on with your with your with your 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 doggy poo story, by all means. I, I think I've pretty much done it because we we've all been out there. I mean, it's gone from bloody um, miniature pigs to dog poo hanging in trees. But I bet Sheila's got something to say on the subject. 
I do. So um, local government, two things people complain about, bins and dog poo. That's it. You get the bin sorted out and dog poo sorted out and you'll be voted in year after, well, year after year. I, um, I help people in my village with doggy daycare um, some of the time. And on the local jungle drums, it's talking about how much the dog poo has gone up. So I have gone around and bought um, a whole load of two litre, well, drank a whole load of two litre bottles of pop, cut a hole in it, put some, uh, put some poo bags in there with a little sign saying, if you run out of poo bags, take one of these. If you've got any spare, stick one in here. And I have put five of them around my village to help with the, the reduction of poo on the, the pavements and, and, and on the street. But that doesn't stop the, the, the famous poo tree. Doesn't it? It's like practicing well, I Christmas, don't understand. Yeah, what's that about? You've taken the effort to actually bag it up. Why? What, beyond it's, me. It's, it's a, a slight amount of um, care and attention, they must think. I won't leave it on the floor because people could tread on it. Um, I can't oh, I just can't hang go. it from trees instead. Yeah, and it it. pretty like Christmas. Be, people will think the Christmas decorations, they'll probably take them home and put lights around, a bit like you have in your picture. I'm sorry, I think these people should be put against a wall and shat upon, to be quite honest. Shat, not shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, shat, shat yeah, yeah, with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a polite, I... it's a polite way of saying shit, but we're not allowed to say that on this programme, so it's shat. So um, I used to live near Buxton, and there is, on the 515 Inn, there's the famous boot tree. People have thrown old boots and old trainers into one tree, and it's entertaining, amusing. Boots are not poo. No, no, not true. Very true. I, I, I make a point of picking up dog poo religiously. I, I don't. There's no messing. I'm not. I'm not going to get out of it. I do it, and I get on with it. Do you collect what, it? One day I'll get a dog, but <laughs> I tell you, what, it's good this time of the year because uh, if you have got a dog and you are con conscious enough to actually pick the stuff up, it's a hand warmer. Never thought of that. Never thought of that. What a you, good need, idea. you need two dogs to do the job properly, obviously, but uh, it, it's nice and warm for a while. Right. Okay. Enough of this. <laughs> Enough of this. It's getting very silly now. Moving uh, swiftly on. And moving swiftly on because we are running out of time. And Mark has an update that we're all incredibly interested in hearing. I am the god of hellfire and I bring you fire. There you go, Mark. It's all yours. Ah, see, you've deliberately waited until we're almost out of time. Huh. I see the respect <laughs> I get round here. So <laughs> I can see this is a conspiracy. It's yeah. a conspiracy. You're colluding. I would go with we save the best till last. Oh. Uh, I like the suck up on the end there. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Miami Steve Van uh, Bleesborn there uh, for his little Stephen and his disciples of soul impersonation. <laughs> and um, I, I could have done without the live manscaping demonstration though, um, but it is definitely not quite as bushy now. Um, I have a wet sleeve. I thought you might like to know that. Um, you know, when, you, when you're washing up a mug and it sort of got water in it and you get your little spongy pad and you put your thing down and the water all shoots up your sleeve. Well, what a bugger. I've got a wet sleeve. Now, I really don't have time to talk about what I was going to talk about now because 
I have been sidelined. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know how, how I'll get over it. But anyway, so I have... Ooh, Excuse me. Than, don't, no? come back, don't come so close to the camera. That was quite scary. What, you mean like that? <laughs> yes, don't. <laughs> right. This week's books, Collision on Tenerife um, by John Ziamek. And it's a very good book, actually. The World's Worst Aviation Disaster. Uh, from 1977, a KLM 747 crashed into a Pan Am 747 on the runway at Los Reyes Airport in Tenerife. There yeah, is no can, I, in... can I say, you mentioned this last week, my darling. Have you finished yeah. it? Well, yes, I have now finished it. And then I went on to this one, which is the case, the impossible case of MH370. The disappeared Malaysia Airlines plane that disappeared uh, on the evening of the 7th and 8th of March uh, 2014, never to be seen again. And there have been all sorts of rumours, stories, theories, conspiracy theories. But this book, um, written, and I know it's surprising, but it is written by a French woman. Uh, Florence de Chagny, um, I think she has got it pretty much spot on as to what actually happened. I won't tell you what she says because then that would negate the possibility of you buying the book, mm -hmm. but it is a great read. It explains all the different scenarios, but I think at the end, in the epilogue, I think she's got it spot on. Uh, the other book that I read, because it's not very long, uh, and I just happened to uh, have it, and I thought, I've got a few hours spare, Exposing the Expositions, uh, by a guy called Howdy Mikoski. And this is all about the period from 1851 to 1920, where there were loads of great expositions. There was one in Paris, there was one in Chicago in 1893, famously, uh, St. Louis, San Francisco. And it just sort of goes through what allegedly happened and why they would go to all the trouble of building these things just to knock them all down again, which they said they were made out of um, things that were not meant to last. But clearly some of the buildings were because they're still standing. So interesting book. You might not believe it. You might think it's a conspiracy theory, but still an interesting book. Hmm. I still have a wet sleeve. Oh, that's a good update. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't read that book. Wet sleeve. Are you going to read that one soon? Uh, well, I've got uh, a book about Carmine Apice that I still need to read. Um, and then there's the one about Tommy Bowling. Um, but I have read the two uh, Alice Cooper. Oh, I've got I, the Shep Gordon book finally arrived. Supermensch. We've got a book by a dog. Hey? We've got a book by a dog, Shep. Shep, yes. Uh, Shep Gordon was the uh, manager uh, of Alice Cooper. So that's three separate books you've had in the last couple of weeks about the Alice Cooper band. Or is it more? Yes, 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 yes. Do they conflict yes. at all? Oh. Um, actually, no, they agree, but it's interesting because the Dennis Dunaway book, who was the bass player with the original band, and the Michael Bruce book, uh, who was the guitar player, um, some things that they see completely differently, even though they were in the same place at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that is quite interesting. Um, Alice Cooper himself has written a couple of autobiographies. Um, the first one was 1975, uh, which was 
not really so much of an autobiography. Um, and then the second one, Golf Monster, was more about golf. So, you know, uh, he's always said that he can't do a proper autobiography until people are dead. There you go. Well, that's it. Yes. Well, we ran out of time. Time has beaten us yet again. Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to That Was The News That Was. We'll be back again next week. The panellists were Ian Price, Mark Elpott, he who can talk forever, and Sheila Conley with Keith Graham as chairman. That Was The News That Was is produced by Ian Price and the title music was written and performed by Kevin McCloy. See you all again next week. Bye. 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 Follow us on Facebook and Instagram.